I love the way the First Gen Lounge makes me feel. Because it creates a space where I belong, where we're able to create community. The fact that it's a community. It's a safe place. It also gives me a place to understand different perspectives. The stories of these individuals prescribe transformational perspective. I receive encouragement, enlightenment, empowerment. And also serve as a catalyst to just keep going. Where we're able to be our true selves. I'm allowed to be an unapologetic first gen. And above all else, tell our story. And every episode is unique. I love it. I'm your host, Dr. Eve, and I'd like to welcome you to the First Gen Lounge. Well, folks, you already know what it is. The brother I have with us today is funny, down to earth, and a go-getter. And I am really happy to have him here because since we have connected, he's been nothing but joyous. And he from the South. You know, I, I love, I love the South. I love the South. Love men from the South. That's why I married a man from Mississippi. But anyway, <laughs> Michael Fink. Yes. Brother, <laughs> look, look, I, I love that. Look, you a country, you know, cornbread fan. Look, nah, but look, for real though, Michael Finkley, y'all. Michael Finkley is. Just tell him who you are and what you do. Just let's, let's jump into it. Oh, right. Let's do it, right? So I am, like she said, I'm from the South, born and raised. I love me some cornbread. I'm from a small <laughs> town of Mullen, South Carolina. So if you blink, you miss us, right? We're one of those towns. And so grew up there in a very rural area, but surrounded with love. Love of life, love of God. And that just kept us motivated into where we are today. And raised by a single parent mother. I have two sisters. And my mom always told my sisters and I that she wanted us to aim for a career instead of a job. Mm. And I'm just thinking when I was smaller, you know, mama's talking out the side of her neck. What are you talking about, mama? But I realized what she was saying when I was in college. It mm. kind of clicked then. And so ever since then, I've just been running with it. I attended college. I attended law school. I have two graduate degrees. Currently working on my doctoral degree. And so I have a business as well, a consulting firm. I have my own YouTube show. So I'm always aiming for that next thing and all with the, the mind to serve others, to inform others, to educate others, to inspire them as well, to be their best full selves. Because life is too short, right? Life is definitely too short, and I want persons, along with myself, to never have to say, I wish, or shoulda, or coulda, or have regrets, you know? Let's just live our best life. So that's what I'm all about, and helping others do that, and also for myself as well. Well, I do have a question. Um, of course, I have a lot of questions, but one of them is, are you single? I am single. I am so yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> I told myself, I actually said, I had a conversation, you know, you gotta have, you have to talk to yourself, right? Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I, I don't need a relationship right now until, you know, I finish this phase or finish that phase. So, you know, that changes. Today, I'm just like, I'm so lonely. But tomorrow, like, mm, no, I'm good. I'm straight. Let me just go ahead and focus on me. But, you know, you know, it changes daily. So, yeah, but fully single. <laughs> <laughs> Look, because I don't know if anybody else is listening, but listen, you just said you cornbread fed. 
You got two graduate degrees working on another degree, got a business, and you from a small town of Mullins, South Carolina. Like, talk about the come up, right? Yeah. Like, just, it's just one of those things. It doesn't matter where you're from. And if you have that ambition, you can go out here and go get it. But that is hilarious. I was like, somebody probably like, I wonder if. So just so you know, his information will be in the show notes. <laughs> if he's trying to go. Pull it, Look, I'm about, pull to, it. about to change this to the first gen matchmaker show. Look at you. See, that's a million dollar idea right there. Hey, you know what? Look, I don't know if you've seen that missing new show or new movie on uh, Netflix that I just watched with Jamie. What is it called? It Love Guaranteed. It's hilarious. But the idea that you're guaranteed to find love but how you do it, you know, it. you just never know. So who knows? I would love to hear somebody who met through a podcast or heard him on an interview and, you know, that'd be really funny. So maybe you'll All be right. the first. Maybe I'll be the first. Bring Come on through. But listen, so tell, tell us about what you're doing with the Finkley experience because... You know, when I heard it the first time, I was like, who is this man? And because it was, it just was the Finkling. So like, I don't hear that often. People typically do names, you know, the Finkling Consulting Firm or Finkling Consulting, you know, to be something like that. But it's like, what, I was like, what makes this so special? So that's actually what made me go and look and check you out and learn more about your work and even have found that you were first gen. So, you know, where did that come from? Tell us about that. And again, what you're doing with your work. Yeah, so it started back in November 2017. Picture it, November 2017. And at the time, I was a college and career counselor at school district here in South Carolina. And I took some of my students to a conference in D.C. And, you know, a lot of them, it was their first time on a plane and out of the county. And it was just so, it was amazing, amazing experience. So we got there. And we went to these sessions, as you know, conference have sessions. And so I saw all of these African-American males and females, some older than I, some same age as I, some younger than I. And they were just in their element, right? They were they were discussing and informing and encouraging and telling their stories. And they were experts in their field. And I told God right then and there, I'm like, God, I want to do that. I want to do that. I don't know how, but I want to do that. And so by the time 2018 came into play, I had already booked my first professional speaking conference and also as a guest speaker as well at, at an, an assembly. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. All right, first of all, how did this happen? <laughs> because God, you work fast. How you do it? You yes, work fast. Does. And then I'm just like, okay, I can do this. And so March 5th of 2018, I launched the Finkley Experience and I've been rolling ever since with it. And the, the reason I named it the Finkley Experience is because I say this out of pure confidence, never cockiness, is that no one can do it better like Finkley. You know, I'm going to give you my all. I'm going to give you instruction step by step. I'm going to coach you through it. If I don't know it, we're going to find out together. I know people that know people, so I can put you in contact. I love, you know, matching people up in that right. And so that's where the name came from. It was going to be, first of all, I never told this story before, but it was going to be first called the Finkley Connection. That's what Mm. it was going to be called first. But I want person to have an experience from beginning to end. And so that's why I changed the name of it. So we've been assisting persons that that want to go to college again circling that first generation population because of course I'm being first gen myself mm-hmm. so understanding the mindset of the student at the time so um, our goal is to assist students and their parents with the college process we train school administrators as well and also to 
we partner with colleges and universities for an easier transition from high school to college within their first generation population. So we call all of that in our business first generation education. Hmm. And that comes along with our book as well. So good works. And it's just 2020. So you just, I'm like, okay, you moving <laughs> fast because you said November 2017 is when it started. But to do all of that already is just, to me, indication that you are definitely in the space you're supposed to be in. And I think that's something to be said about that. So kudos to you for that. Um, did you always know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur or was it something that through your experiences you were like, Again, I, I think I should, because though you had that one situation where you had the students out and it was kind of like, I can do something with this. Mm-hmm. Was that something even in the back of your mind, even, you know, years before you were just kind of waiting for that thing to come? You know, it was something in the back of my mind. I can remember, I recall mm-hmm. one time where I said, hmm, maybe I should start my business. I think maybe I was in college or something. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if I graduated from college and it was an idea and then it left. Never thought about it again. Never thought about it again until 2017. Yeah. Mm. I knew there was something there, but to actually ex- execute it, no, no. But why not, though? What, what would what held you back or what was it this like, oh, no, no. What was that? You know what? I guess it was the mindsetting of where I was from. You know, me, Michael Finkley as a business owner. No one in my mm-hmm. family had that. You know, um, my family loved them to death. They were successful in their own right. They were factory workers. They were, you know, in retail and all that kind of good stuff. And so I almost fell into that pool. I almost left college to go back into that world. And so not seeing that grow up, I didn't know that I could do it. You know, I never, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know that opportunity was out there waiting for me or that I can actually inspire to be it. So, yeah. I, like I said, it's just an idea, and then it left. Never came back until 2017. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So since I mean, so you already had this fear, you already had this this uncertainty about taking this path to start with. Tell me a little bit about how you've been able to then navigate the challenges that have come, because I know that there have probably been several. Because I I mm. speak for myself when I say every day it's something but you know I think that's the thing that keeps me going too is having to figure out problems and I love solving problems I love thinking I love creating but you know to that point again though yeah just tell us how you've been able to navigate those challenges and not be defeated by them because you already had some reservations before even pursuing business yeah so I had this conversation with someone else as well recently and uh, people always encourage you to, you know, start a business. Yeah, go do it. You know, you're having a good idea, you know, all the kind of good stuff. But no one tells you how to do it. You know, no one tells you the paperwork involved. It's like building a house. You know, the idea of the business is the foundation. We have the foundation. But now I am in charge of creating the blueprint. I have to choose the, the materials I use and I have to hire the crew, which is your team. And I have to, you know, can this wall go here or go there? Can this door go here or go there? What color am I going to paint this room? Am I going to use brick? Am I going to use cement? Like all that goes into play and it's trial and error. So, yes, we have the idea, but actually putting it together from scratch. I saw no one doing what I do in the field. You know, I did my research. I couldn't find anybody, especially someone that looked like me. 
mm-hmm. I couldn't find anyone. So I'm just like, I guess I have to start from scratch. And as soon as I started my business, I started running to people that looked like me that were doing something similar to what I was doing. And I, and I went back to them. I'm like, where were you last year? Where were you a few <laughs> months ago? Because what you hiding? But yeah, just a lot of trial and error. My business started off with five clusters, all with five clusters. I thought that anything that I was good at, I was going to put into my business. That overwhelmed me. And someone actually sat me down and said, Michael, you're doing good work, but you're doing too much. Set mm. eyes away and figure it out. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess I have to go figure it out then. Mm-hmm. That's when, you know, um, a few months later, I came up with the concept of the first generation aspect, because again, that's what I was good at. And just circling my business around that as well. And it's truly blessed me tremendously. But so uh, a lot of trial and error, but it is all for your good. A lot of tears, a lot of no's. Mm-hmm. You were then yeses when you start, because a lot of people are like, who are you? I never yeah. heard of you. What, what, what do you do? What, what's going on? And then also, too, I realized about myself. I've been in college admissions for almost a decade, and I can sell a school. I can sell a school. I can sell a program. I can gain enrollment for that institution. But when I found out that I had to do this for myself, I was shocked that I could not speak up for myself in that right. I'm like, what's going on? I can do this for other people, but I can't do it for me. But that, that took some training. You know, a lot of professional development, a lot of different courses I've taken, seminars, workshops that I've taken for myself to improve myself for the cause of my business. And also, too, it's ongoing. It's ongoing. And, you know, just just that. And then, too, working with people that, again, mentors in the field. You know, gaining those mentors to chat with and bounce ideas off of and, you know, all that kind of good stuff. So, again, it trial and error, it's continuous, just keep going, keep pushing. And I tell you, that success that you're aiming to see, you will see. I'm still aiming for it. Still mm-hmm. aiming for it. Yeah, constant, constant growth. Yeah. And always something to to learn, to figure out, to know that's new. Every layer, every aspect is, is again, just something else to navigate. I was mentioning to you, you know, recently that I've been working on my website. Mm-hmm. And I had moved from using one platform to a completely different platform that's this learning curve like nobody's business. And for me, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, this is driving me nuts. But it's what I need to take it to the next level. And Mm -hmm. that's created, you know, a bit more um, complex workings. Right. But I also know and I know that you would know this as well, that you have to at least be aware of what's happening. The reason why, you know, people say, just give it to somebody else to do. You got to know what's happening first, at least, to be able to tell somebody else what to do or to make it happen, to be able to make the vision work. And that can sometimes be mentally taxing only because there's, like you said, there's so many layers and so many things to pull into building a business and thinking about every aspect of it until eventually you have the things in place where other people are just running those things for you and you're just kind of like, all right, good. But I'm glad you brought that up though because that's very real and you know needs to be considered. So yeah. So tell us, there's something I don't think I got from you, but I know it's there. And you know, you are, you are a fellow alumnus of what kind of institution though? We gotta let them know about that. <laughs> I don't know how we didn't even talk about that first though, because it matters. So, you know. Exactly, exactly. So I'll tell this story first. 
picture it, 2006. It was the start of the fall semester of my senior year. And I knew I wanted to be in education, but I didn't know that you had to go to college to do it. And mm-hmm. so at the time we had a new superintendent and he implemented college tours. So for some reason I got on the list and I went and we circled around South Carolina to different schools and that kind of thing. And so when I got on the campus of B. Allen University in Columbia, South Carolina, I fell in love. It was a very small atmosphere because I come from a very small town. So very small atmosphere. People were friendly. I was like, you know what? I can see myself here. This is so amazing. I forgot that day I applied. And a few weeks later, they accepted me. <laughs> I, for- I totally forgot. I'm like, what is this? What's going on here? It was There was the first school that accepted me. So I'm like, you know what? They're the first school that accepted me. I'm going to go to this school. Hmm. And then after that, I started getting other acceptance letters. But, you know, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stay true to the Allen University. And I'm so glad I did. Freshman year was hard because it was my first time away from home like that. Even though I was only two hours away and I had family in Columbia, it was still hard for me. And so I almost dropped out my first semester. A lot was happening for me, and I was going to come back. I was going to come back home. And so, you know, me being a mama's boy, she's like, baby, I'm coming. But by that time, my mom had her fiancé, which is now my stepfather, and he told her, don't go get that boy. I'm like, oh, you know what? (laughs) He's not going to listen to her, and I'm going to be home. I'd already called. I was working at Burger King all through high school. And I already called them and I'm like, you know what? Just go ahead and make me a manager. I like, I'll just go to the local college near my hometown and um, I'll work at the same time. You know, that lady didn't come get me. Mm-hmm. She did not come get me. Mm-hmm. So, but you know what? That was the most, the most impressive thing that I could say about my mama besides, of course, giving birth to me. She did not come get me and I flourished. I was a UNCF scholar, United Negro College Fund scholar. I was a Tom Joyner scholar as well. I started working in admissions. My freshman years, I would travel with the counselors and recruiting students for the institution. Freshman year now, it was amazing. I ultimately became SGA president. I was initiating to an awesome fraternity, the only one that's really that really matters, you know? The mm-hmm. Alpha Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. And then, you know, it was people pushed me, you know, pushed me out there, out front. You know, Mike, you need to do this, you need to do that. And I consider, even myself to this day, I'm a, I consider myself somewhat shy because I get nervous when I do various things still. But I always remember the element of, Michael, you may be nervous, but just do it. Okay? Just do it because someone's counting on you. And I just do it. And individually, those nerves just go away. But I loved my HBCU experience. And persons ask me to this day, would you change anything about it? No. If I were to relive my HBCU experience, I would not change a thing. I love it. I was driving in Columbia the other day, actually, and I passed by my school. I literally started to cry. I'm like, this is where it all began for me. Educationally, socially, spiritually, this institution started it all for me. And I will always pledge my love to the Allen University. I owe it so much. You better be a recruiter for Allen University because I'm over here feeling like, oh, I felt that, that conviction. But you know, that is not trying to be funny. That is that that HBCU spirit. Yeah. Like I heard it. Like it's one of those, if we were to go to a UNCF conference and you stand up and like, where are you from? And how you presented that? Like you get it. You get it. You get it. 
you know, where you from? And you just, there's the pitch. There it is. And so ironic, because uh, again, my, my husband was also HBCU and SGA president. Because I was going to ask you, I was like, I think you probably just went to campus and started running things, didn't you? You seem like the type. You seem like the type. I just fell in love. And the minute you say I fell in love, you already know what it is. Those of us who tend to go to HBCUs and we fall in love, we tend to do everything and then to go to a small private HBC with that, because I did as well, it's just nice to have, like I said, that community, that camaraderie, and then you just want to be involved. So kudos to you for the leadership. And, you know, even asking you about that and proving the point that you can graduate from HBCU and be extremely successful. Because mm-hmm. again, HBCU graduating, you got two master's degrees. Mm-hmm. So it's like, wait a minute, what? And working on a doctorate. So you continue the education. You were still able to open doors. They didn't, you know, your schooling didn't prohibit you from being able to go forth. It's really about the person, the drive, the determination. But how you were groomed during that time is what's helped to propel you in what you're doing now. So I just, I, I love it. But you know, I'm all for an HBCU. I love HBCUs and mm-hmm. It's just nice to have another HBCU compadre, you know, talking you got to that right. <laughs> so, you know, you've got this thing where you are, you know, of course, an HBCU graduate, you're an entrepreneur, you are, you know, speaker, an author, just so many things, so many titles. You are in a fraternity, you're a leader. Like, when you think about all these things, how do you, how do you celebrate those accomplishments? Let me ask you that, because as first years, I don't think we always take the time to really celebrate our successes and what have you done or what do you plan to do even in the future to continue to just recognize the work and the output of the work and seeing the fruits of your labor. That's what I'm saying. Mm, That is a good question. And you know, like you said, we don't take the time to celebrate, but I had to literally force myself to do it because you have to slow down and count your blessings. Hmm. You literally have to slow down and count your blessings. When I was, last year, I celebrated 20 years of the Finkley experience. And I had a, a banquet just for students that I've served and persons that I've touched. And inviting them just to celebrate with me. You know, because again, it's not about me. It's all about all of us. You made this a success. You made my dreams come true. You're making my dreams come true. So I had a banquet last year and it was awesome. They made me cry. <laughs> my little dudes, they made me cry. The parents, my church family was there. My family was there. And so we just had a good time in that ride. But going forward, just continuously just stopping, stopping for a brief moment because, you know, we're always working on the next big thing, right? Always trying to find the next big thing to work on or trying to improve something along the way. But just stopping and just acknowledging, God, thank you. Thank you for this talent. Thank you for this gift. And I call people constantly. You know, I text them saying thank you or, you know, just showing my appreciation to them. I love giving things away in that right. So, you know, and then also with myself, to take care of myself, I've learned the the value of self-care. I've learned the value of self-care and just pampering thinkly, you know, that what that looks like, it could be different in many ways. I had a um, surgery last year that ultimately I could have, I could have died. And that just mm-hmm. put a perspective on my life Michael, slow down. <laughs> slow down. It's going to get done when it's going to get done. Right? So I've learned to just pace myself, look at the small things. We're grateful always for the small things in life because how can you not 
appreciate the small things and when large things come you're going to be acting the same way right mm -hmm. so looking at those things as well pouring into my cup first and then what the overflow is everyone else can get mm -hmm. so again just self-care is important don't burn yourself out and then again we're working towards a team to assist us in this own, in our own right so self-care and appreciate those small things and everything else will follow i'm loving that and i'm loving that for all the reasons that you are reflective in it but you're also intentional in how you are thinking about the future because I hate more than anything for us, especially as entrepreneurs, as black people, as just people, you know, to not take more time to celebrate the wins and to not, I know sometimes we downplay what we've done as though we don't have a right to say, I did that. Or I think too, coming from where we come from, because again, you and I, single parent homes, first to go to college, trying to figure everything out. And here we are, you know, having gotten to different levels of success based on, you know, our own standard of what that is. But have you taken time in between to just say, I'm proud or this was good or I'm happy, you know, right. about these things and be OK with it? Because it's something else, you know, to be able to get ahead. And then I think sometimes not celebrating because we don't want other people to you know, think that we're trying to be better or to make them jealous. Hey, oh my gosh, yes. So that's why, yeah, so that's why I just asked, it's just interesting to hear yeah. from another entrepreneur, you know, how, how did you do that? So the fact that you even had that banquet, but you didn't make the celebration just about you, you made it about, mm -hmm. you know, those around you. I think that's what makes things special as well. And so, you know, kudos to you for that and for again, just recognizing the necessity of saying, I did a good job today. Or I, I did that, or I feel proud about that because if you don't pump you up, who gonna pump you up? You know, like people you got pump that you up. right. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, I'm so proud of you. But a lot mm -hmm. of times people are only so proud of you when they can see it publicly, but not when, you know, it's, I'm crying today because this ain't working out. <laughs> you know? Right, right. They, they mm -hmm. tell you, know, like, you know, they don't get sometimes to see those moments. So again, just thank you for sharing that tidbit. Well, we are in a place, you know, in our conversation where it makes me sad, but I have really, really enjoyed this conversation and getting to know you more and hearing all the wonderful things about what you're doing and very excited about what you will do. Thank you. But even with that in mind, oh gosh, you're so very welcome. But even with that in mind, just want to know if you could leave us with one thought, something to remember you by, something to just hold on to, what would that be? Yes. We've learned a lot these few months of COVID-19 about just the world around us and about the, ourselves as well, but just defining the process. The process is going to be different for everybody, but you have to understand that the process is for you. Through the tears, through the smiles, the frowns, the ups and downs, whatever that process looks like for you, it is for you. And it's your responsibility to grow in it. It's your responsibility to improve in it as well. So once you get to that, that point of improving, that point of self-satisfying your, yourself, then the results will come. And now the results are for everyone else. Yes, you went through a terrible time, went through the ringer and back, but again, it made you stronger for your future. So your ultimate thing for yourself is to improve. And again, the results will follow and thus that's for everyone else to enjoy. Mm. I heard that. <laughs> look, it's for everybody else too. But look, 
Michael Finkley, you have been a joy. Let me excuse me, uh-uh. Michael D. Finkley, D. Finkley experience. Because you know, I'm all about, look, say the whole name. I'm, I'm all about the names and, you know, everything is in the name. But thank you for taking the time to just share with us, to open us up to something new, to just learn more about you, the work that you're doing. Thank you for the work that you're doing, you know, to change the world. And we're just so glad that you've been here. So know that we always got you back and we appreciate you. Until then, be good. Thank you so much.